Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Chris, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Um, Thank you, Jamie. I've been looking over your profile and I, I don't sort of not entirely sure how to introduce you. Um, the head of communications for the EFL, the English Football League, um, the head of, oh, my camera's gone. Hang on, something weird's happened there. How strange. Um, sorry, we start over. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, no problem, sorry Jim. about that. Um, so, Chris, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. I've been looking My over pleasure. your pro- been looking over your profile. I'm not quite sure how to kind of introduce you, really, because you've done you've done and you do sort of a bit of everything by the looks of things. Head of communications at EFL uh, was up until 1999 at the English Football League. Uh, head of uh, the sort of sport and football side of things with Nationwide, and now, as I understand it, you're something of a sort of a consultant advisor if that makes if I'm on the right tracks with um, various brands, clubs, uh, broadcasters, and even in policy, as well as being a broadcaster for the likes of Sky Sports and Talk Sport. Am I on the right? Yeah, that's right, Jamie. Yeah, you know, you're on the, you're on, you're on the right track. So I've, I've <laughs> so had a multifac- multifaceted um, career and um, always been involved in sport, always been involved in football. Um, always been involved in the media. And it's something that I've been passionate about since probably about the age of 13, when my dad actually introduced me to the role as commentator for hospital radio at Blackpool Football Club. Um, My dad obviously got me involved in football from the age of about four, going to watch games at Bloomfield Road. So that's been my team ever since and will be until the day I die. And when I, he was he was the public address announcer at Bloomfield Road Blackpool Football Club for 30 years, in addition to being a funeral director, because being a public address announcer doesn't pay the bills. Um, That's a multifaceted career as well, then. <laughs> very much. Yeah. And some and sometimes over the years, being in the uh, funeral business and watching Blackpool Football Club has been quite helpful because you're used to a, a, a somber type of tone. But um, 
he was the public address announcer because it was his passion. He loved the club. He was a fan as a kid, just like me. And then he uh, the opportunity to uh, to become the public address announcer came up. He did that for 30 years when I was 13. The role alongside him to be the hospital radio broadcaster, this is the day before Wi-Fi and multi-platform media and the fact that you could listen to any particular commentary in any part of the world. This was when you probably had BBC, the two BBC stations, ITV, and you only had a handful of radio stations on your uh, on your radio set that you could uh, tune into. So this was in the days when, if you're in hospital or the local hospices or uh, local blind home or deaf home, they used to feed in the commentary to all the patients in the in the Lancashire area of Blackpool's matches. And obviously they didn't have anybody, the previous person had passed away. And uh, it was going to go um, out of business really. Uh, not that it was a business, but it was going to, the service was going to end. Yeah. So I stepped in and did that. And I suppose from that point on, I've always been interested in sports, media, uh, sponsorship, uh, the commerce of sport, um, and, but just connecting with people, really. And I've really enjoyed and been really, really lucky. Uh, the other people, as well as Blackpool Football Club and that little opportunity that came along, the other people that I probably owe everything to, um, other than my mother and father, is uh, the Football League in, that was based in Lytham St. Anne's. As you rightly pointed out, I was with the Football League for 10 years. In fact, I was with the Football League essentially for 20 years because even when I left the Football League after 10 years, it was to go to work with Nationwide, whose portfolio was the England team, the Wales team, the Scotland team, the Northern Ireland team, the Mercury Music Prize, but also the Football League, which was a massive part of it. So the Football League is in my blood. I walked through the doors a few weeks before my 17th birthday and I was actually going in to try to find some information. I wanted to take a football coaching course. And uh, the very kind lady, Sue, on reception, uh, she said, oh, you're here for the job. And I said, what job is that? And she said, oh, it's a job working in the, as, as an assistant in the press office. And obviously, it's football, it's media. I love the game. And the thought of actually... Um, even though I was taking A-levels at the time, the thought of working in the game and getting my foot in the door was just far too appealing. So she gave me the uh, outline of the information that was needed. That I think the deadline was the following day. So I went home on the old-fashioned typewriter and typed up my CV and a covering letter. And uh, for some inexplicable reason, they gave me the job. So, you know, sliding doors moments and all of that. So I, I, I'm eternally, eternally grateful to Sue on reception, <laughs> but, but the Football League as well. You know, for giving this uh, working class lad from Blackpool a chance to get involved in the game that he loves and that his dad introduced him to the game of four. So it's enabled me to travel the world to, you know, nearly 70 countries now and be part of the Football League, be part of the England team be part of Sky Sports, be part of broadcasting, also helping other great broadcasters like TalkSport and IMG. So I'm really lucky. And also I've got a great relationship with the guys in, in Major League Soccer and DC United. I spent four or five years on and off helping them, including the time that Wayne Rooney was there. So it's been a fascinating time. And um, I've been very, very lucky and very blessed, Jamie. So what does a, a, an average kind of I, people often say in a working day, but I know in this world that one working day to the next isn't, there could be two different things. So what does an average kind of working week perhaps then uh, look like for Chris Hull? Well, as, as, a, as a sports consultant and broadcaster and sports marketing consultant, it is quite varied. Um, 
I still help Nationwide. Um, the relationships that I built with Nationwide over the 10 years that I was there, uh, whilst they were involved with football sponsorship, has kept me in good stead because um, we did some great work there. And over the last year, Nationwide have got back involved with football sponsorship, with the Football Association, with uh, specific reference to the Respect campaign. So I'm doing a lot of work with them. We did a lot of work in the uh, summer around the European Championships and the campaign that we had, which saw uh, supporters signing their respect to the England team, um, attracted 65 million uh, social media views uh, before any traditional media, which is really, really good um, for a sponsor involved in football and nationwide just getting back involved. So 65 million was... Was, was, was far more than we anticipated for this particular um, uh, Sign Your Respect um, campaign. And it went incredibly well. And we had the, the, the help of Gareth Southgate and people like Ray Winston and Harry Redknapp and all of these people, um, fortunately, through my contacts book over the best part of 30 years, has, has kept me in good stead for um, opportunities like that. And I know we're probably going to come on to it, but Jamie, you know, from working uh, in the in the industry you do uh, you're a little bit younger than me and you understand the zeitgeist of um, of uh, social media and, uh, and 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 Instagram and Twitter probably infinitely better than I do but content is king always has been always will be access to guests access to people who can give you good stories great anecdotes great content um, so that has gone really really well so that's part of my working week is nationwide and, and the great people there also, the great people at Sky Sports. Um, I've had a relationship with them now for probably 20 years or, or, or more. But from my time at the Football League, my time working with the England team, I always used to provide uh, players and opportunities with Sky Sports. So since I've set up on my own around 10 years ago, Sky Sports have been a really, really good friend and a really good uh, partner of mine. So, um, for example, yesterday I went to chat with um, Steve Thompson, uh, the former England rugby player who um, bravely announced uh, a few months ago that he has got dementia and uh, yesterday he announced that he's going to donate his uh, brain post-life to uh, research for CTE and uh, the very, very serious issue of concussion. And I also managed to speak to the wonderful Dawn Astle, the daughter of Jeff Dassel. So that was yesterday. Today I'm going to be speaking to Daniel Farker. Uh, tomorrow I'm at Bristol City against Fulham. Uh, in a commentary capacity. So still, as you can see, Jamie, uh, one day I can be wearing a sports marketing hat. The next day I can be wearing a sports business hat. The next day I can be wearing an interviewer's hat, a reporter's hat, and the next day I can be wearing a commentator's hat. But I absolutely love it. And I think the reason why I get away with it is because I love the game and hopefully people see that. And I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about the game. And I'm passionate about connecting with people through the game. Well, Firstly, thank you for fitting us into your uh, your schedule. Um, My pleasure. So you, you sound very busy, so I'm very grateful for that. And the passion certainly comes across. I want to grab hold of something that you said where you said content, uh, content is king. And we're seeing sort of a boom lately um, around sport in terms of, of a content that is um, high production value. It takes a lot of time to create because often it's created over the length of a, a season. Um, and it is, of course, these Netflix or, or Amazon series and feature-length documentaries, whether it's All or Nothing, Drive to Survive, uh, Schumacher, MLS have got, is it 21 Thunder with about the Montreal Thunder? 
I want to say the under 21s, I guess, because it's a 21. Um, the Michael so Jordan, the Michael Jordan series Jordan, was amazing. Dance. Yeah, Sunderland, absolutely. Sunderland Football Club was amazing. Well, this is the other one. Every team now seems to have, if it's not the sport that's got a series, the teams seem to have one. Sunderland have got one, PSG have got one. Obviously, one of my Man favorites City as well. I've got to one all yeah. or nothing. I've got to give a shout out as well. I, I love the uh, the Howard's Way documentary from Everton. Just, I mean, that's the thing. We're just so blessed, aren't we? We're just so blessed with these wonderful um, documentaries and insights. And I actually think, and I was I was going to come on to this, Jamie. I'm, I, I'm just, I'll, I'll let you ask your question in a second. But yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely no. spot on. You know, the behind the scenes stuff, goals, action, the game is a given. And I know, Jamie, you do a great deal of work with Barcelona and you do translation work there. In fact, I think there was a famous translator at Barcelona that went on to good things. So um, it's best not to talk too much about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, goals, action. I mean, Barcelona, I think they've got 38 million Twitter followers. They've got over 100 million Instagram followers. You know, they just need to put something out. Uh, it doesn't need, to, it, you know, it doesn't need to be the greatest content in the world, but it will fly. I know Barcelona does put great, great content out. But the lower down you go, the better the content has to be to, to get people interested because there is so much stuff out there. And of course, um, as I think I mentioned, goals in action, the game, all the traditional exposure stuff is great. But, you know, I was thinking about it when you talk, when you, when you mentioned this yesterday, Jamie, and you very kindly invited me on to have a chat with you on the podcast. I was thinking, in addition to the traditional stuff, what is it that is really, really important about whether you're running your own podcast? Because I think even my postman has got his own football podcast these days. That's the amount of competition there is for content. And it has to be good. It really has to be good. Whether that's fan podcasts, whether that's former player podcasts, which I've seen some of those, and they're great because fans love those behind-the-scenes stories. They love the stuff that they're never going to be able to see and witness. They love that sort of stuff. So I think it's important to know who you are, what you're trying to achieve. Obviously, your, your audience is really, really important, but I also think it's really important during the content and particularly after the content that you interact with your audience as well and that you don't leave them hanging then people like to know that the people that they're the content that they're consuming and the people that are producing that content you can actually access them and you can actually talk to them it's one thing that i like to do and it's not because it's part of the game it's part of, because i actually enjoy it quite often on social media or when i'm at a game i love talking to fans because actually the insight you get from fans and the, the tone and the, and the warmth and the insight is often better than anything else you can ever get. So that interaction with your audience is really, get, it's really great. But just in terms of other elements of content that I think are really important, because don't forget, depending on how you measure it, the sports industry globally is worth anything between 500 billion and $1 trillion. Um, depending on what types of sports markets you, you analyse. But if you go the whole distance and you analyse every type of sports, um, sports participation, sports media, it's probably in the $1 trillion mark uh, globally sports. And a lot of that um, attention and a lot of those dollars actually come from sponsors and rights holders. And I think I'm right in saying that around about 20% of the value of sponsors and rights holders comes online. 
so that engagement that clubs put out on behalf of sponsors, for example, comes from social media and online and digital activity. So what is it that's going to help you stand out from the crowd? And I was just thinking, actually, just this week, Jamie, about what it is this week in particular, for example, some of the stories that have helped people stand out above the crowd. Now, human interest stories. This is above and beyond, as I say, goals and action in the game. Human interest stories are always going to get the attention of people because ultimately 99% of people have got great hearts in this world and people love a great story with warmth and connection and love and a heart and people and connecting at the heart of it. Young Reese, I don't know if you saw the story yesterday, but Young Reese has got cerebral palsy and he was invited down by the England disability team. Uh, he was on television, breakfast television in the morning as well. A Fulham player surprised him, came up behind him. There was emotion, there was tears. It got everybody, including myself, with a, a tear in their eye because it was that sort of connection between clubs, players, fans and people that is still special and it still, it still is the best thing in the world. So Young Reese, that was a great story this week, which went across multi-platforms. It went across traditional television, but on social media, it was an absolute blast yesterday. And it was fantastic. And he went down to Wembley and he was saving gold and he was saving, um, saving shots. And he'd received, he'd received some horrible trolling really online and some really horrible comments initially when a few months ago that he'd put out that he was a goalkeeper and he had cerebral palsy. But it just shows you the power of football and shows you what can be achieved. So that was a great story. The other one I thought was fantastic this week, which was fun. So you've got human interest. That's one, one additional angle. Fun. Make it fun. Have a bit of fun with football because at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's got to be fun. You know, we're not, it, it can't be too serious. Somebody once said to me, you know, the game is always more important than the result. And I'm not quite sure whether we always have that in mind because the game is always more important and having fun with the game is important. The vice president of the South American country of Suriname played himself in midweek in the CONCACAF League against Olympia from Honduras. Now, the vice president of Suriname names the stadium after himself. He was the captain. He's 60 years of age. He's 60 years of age. He played himself as an attacking midfielder behind his son, who was playing up front. Now, you can do that when you're the vice president of Suriname and when you own the club. But that was great. You know, that was a sort of fun that we love to see. And, uh, you know, that was an absolute that was an absolute blast as well. Transfer news, new signings, speculation, player content is always going to fly as well, of course. But the great stuff as well. And you alluded to it, Jamie, and I'm going to come back to you now. But behind the scenes stuff, you know, the stuff that we don't often see. That is just gold dust because we want to see our heroes, the manager of our team, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur stuff with Jose Mourinho. I thought that was, I thought that was fantastic. I loved his, I loved Jose Mourinho, like him all over him. You know, he is absolute box office. He is a, he is, he is a showman, but he's also obviously one of the greatest managers of the last 20 years. And to see him in action, I thought was fantastic. I loved Pep Guardiola and the Manchester City stuff. I, I love the Sunderland stuff. I love the Michael Jordan stuff. I can't get enough of it. You know, I want it injecting directly into my veins as soon as it comes out. I love all of that stuff. And I love the set piece documentaries as well. You know, as I said to you, I think I love the one about Kenny Dalglish. I love the one about um, the Three Kings, you know, with Busby, 
Shankly and the great Jock Steen. And I could, I could watch those all day. Sadly, there's not enough time in the day to watch them all, but I could watch them time and time and time again. Well, so this is it. So I think you've, you touched on it right at the very start. In fact, you said you love the sport and you said, but you love people. And I think that's ultimately what you're saying is, is that these shows, these documentaries have been so successful because of the human interest side of it. We're getting to see the people that are on the pitch or the people that are on the, the racetrack or the people that are on the court. And, and that's really giving fans this kind of extra taste of their, of their favorite stars. Uh, why, where do you think this is going then beyond, beyond this? What, what's, I mean, I, I, I keep looking around. It looks like MotoGP are doing a series. It looks like uh, PGA Tour are doing a series with the people that made Drive to Survive for Netflix. Um, so it, it almost looks like, like you said, everyone's got a podcast now. It looks like if you're a sport or a team and you've not got a series, then you're, you're falling behind. So where's this heading? It's a it's a really good question, Jamie. I think if we had the if you and I had the answer to that, <laughs> I think we'd be sitting somewhere uh, having a pina colada right now and about to go go out on a nice golf course for eighteen holes. Um, I, you know, I think technology. I think the technology will will improve clearly, and and advancements advancements will be made in that. But you know something, the more life changes, the more it stays the same, because Jamie, probably before you were born, but I remember it. One of the best ever documentaries for me and one of the best ever pieces of football content was with the great, late Graham Taylor when he was the England manager. And I think the documentary was called The Impossible Job. And if you get a chance to see it on YouTube or find it somewhere, it's absolutely amazing. And Graham was the England team manager in the unsuccessful qualifying campaign to get to World Cup 94 in the United States. Graham gave the most incredible access that I have ever seen in football. It allowed him into his team talks pre-game. It allowed him into his press conferences. It allowed him into the one-on-one -on -one discussions that he had with specific England players. You know, you saw the likes of Gaza and Paul Ince and Paul Merson and Ian Wright and all of these guys up, up front and personal moments, seconds before they were about to go out onto the pitch. And then Graham allowed the crew and the documentary makers to mic him up on the touchline to analyze every one of his emotions. And also the great Laurie McMenemy was alongside him as well. And that great footage um, and the great line, which uh, even though probably you weren't born, Jamie, you'll be aware of it. Um, when I think Graham's I was, but I, I was says, very young. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, yeah. It, <laughs> I've been uh, four or five years old, I think, in that period, but yeah. Do I not like that is Graham Taylor's famous line, and you've probably heard it a million times, and many people have, but they don't realise it comes from that documentary. Do I not like that? Um, that and, and the famous moment where David Platt was pulled down by Ronald Koeman, and if Koeman gets the red card that he should have, and if England get the penalty that they should have, England go to the World Cup and Holland stay at home. It's just the most incredible thing. So the point that I'm trying to make is the people that can get access, the person that can get access to the first Messi interview when he joins PSG, the person that gets the first Emma Raducanu interview when she comes home after winning the US Open, the person that can get the first Ronaldo interview when he sits down during his time at Manchester United, that sort of content is always going to be absolute gold dust. When you can get that insight 
then, then, then that will always remain the same. So connections and relationships are absolutely vitally important. And that is why, as a piece of advice that I would give to anybody is be a good person, be a nice person, look after people. If they give you the access, don't turn them over. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can look after somebody, do it because you know relationships are so important in this world and actually being a good person is really even more important and if you can create those relationships and people can begin to trust you then you it will benefit you in the long run yeah so our podcast is called uh, 21 for 21 21 lessons for sport media in the 21st century and i think we'd kind of planned for this podcast the lesson to be uh, about keeping fans engaged with sport on the off season or, you know, when there's not a match, but I think that's probably a better lesson is, uh, is, is be nice to people in general. Be good, but, uh, just be a good, just be a good person. Just and, be a and, good person. And because and, it's a, it's a small world and the small sports media world is even smaller. Um, and believe it or not, the football world is quite small as well. And you come across people all the time and um, we could have a conversation uh, amongst football people, football media people. And if we were to ask it, write a list of, the 10 best people and the 10 worst people, and you had 100 sports people in the room, those 10, those top 10 and those worst 10 would probably be very similar because it is important not only to be successful, but it is very important, probably even more important to be, to be a good person and to actually be somebody that people think they can trust and people want to work with. That's really important. Well, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up because yeah uh, what, what an important message to end on uh, Chris thank you very much for joining us Jamie my pleasure Sports Social Podcast Network Hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.